Welcome to Truly Fabulously Monstrous, a podcast about true crime and cryptids. I am your host, Hattie James. I am your other host, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Hattie. So, welcome to the first episode of our brand new podcast. Okay. Uh, this was a long time coming. Uh, this is the probably third podcast that I have brainstormed creating. This is going to be extraordinary, as we are already experts. Yes. Because we totally, this is totally our first recording. We haven't had 15, this isn't the 15th attempt after technical difficulties recording almost 15 full episodes worth of the same first freaking episode just to find out each time that there was something wrong with it. Well, it's because we're... At the very beginning of this, we don't want to, like, invest in the paid subscription stuff or heavy equipment, so we're like, let's do it with free subscriptions and apps and what we have. And what we have is a potato. And not only that, but we have a long-distance potato, because I, Hattie Lee James, am talking to you from Vermont. And I, Kevin, <laughs> am talking to you from New Jersey. New Jersey, Vermont. New Jersey. Vermont, the home of mountains, and New Jersey, the home of sand, sand and garbage. So sand. No, I'm from the pretty part of Jersey. The you know the part that's anywhere but Newark. Apologies to anyone from Newark. I'm sorry. It's just that every time I drive by your exit on the parkway, it smells like industry. It's not their fault. They're no, booming, bustling city. Can we talk about why we decided to do this particular podcast? Yes. Do you want yeah. to talk about it? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, you wanted to do a true crime podcast and couple it with something else. And what better match for true crime than cryptids? Because they're both monsters. They are both monsters of different kinds. And I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to do a little bit of a sideline and say we're going to keep this as a middle-of-the-road podcast where we're not we're going to attempt to not let any of our, our personal views, biases, beliefs, opinions get in the way, just the straight facts. But I believe that saying that some of the heinous crimes we're going to be talking about, you could consider these people monsters. Yeah, I can think of a couple examples. Yep. And cryptids that we already know we're going to talk about in the future. Oh yeah, and cryptids okay. we know are monsters. Which brings me, Kevin. Do you want to tell listeners who may not know, that's not English, might not know, that's English. Would you like to tell our listeners who might not know what a cryptid is? A cryptid. I. Yes, I sure would. A cryptid is a, a creature whose existence has yet to be or else cannot entirely be proven or disproven by science. And the study of cryptids is known as cryptozoology. Uh, cryptids uh, are usually uh, like urban legends and monsters or creatures from folklore. Um, some well-known examples, of course, being Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, fairies, abominable snowmen, fairies, leprechauns, uh, and then, like, some of the uh, more cultural uh, folklore ones, like Pukwudgies and Thunderbirds. 
Not to be confused are, with the the houses from J.K. Rowling's universe. Yeah, they existed way before. Yeah, way, 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 way before. before. And we'll probably cover them at some point on this podcast because they're super interesting cryptids. Uh, creatures or monsters who might exist or might not exist. We can't prove it one way or the other. Uh, which, brings which brings us to why we named the podcast what we did. <laughs> so we had been spouting off for a few days possible podcast ideas. And they were either taken too close to other ones, or mm, didn't quite click with us. And then one of us decided to um, look up synonyms for monster, because we, like we said, we pretty much agree that cryptids and serial killers can both be equated to monsters. Um, so one of us looked up the uh, synonyms, and... Kevin, do you want to explain what a synonym for a monster is? Sure. Uh, if you Google the Google definition of the word monster, uh, the definition is an imaginary creature that is typically large, ugly, and frightening, and the first synonyms listed are a fabulous creature. And we realized, well, this is a true crime and cryptid podcast, so true it's truly monstrous, but fabulous creatures, and we're fabulous, so... We sure are. Truly fabulously monstrous. There's Lisa Frank stickers all over my house. So, um, the format of the, these episodes is going to be, on Tuesdays, we're going to release um, one episode in which either Kevin or myself are going to talk about a cryptid and the history and the lore behind said cryptid. And then two days later on Thursday, whichever one of us did not talk about cryptids, we'll talk about a true crime. Again, the history, the facts leading up to it, um, to the crime itself, you know, maybe the aftermath, the investigation, just really pretty much telling a story, yep. a factual story. And then the following week, whichever one of us did the true crime, we'll do the cryptid, and that's how we're going to alternate. So you, we will... There will be two episodes um, from what we from what we have calculated. Um, the, the Tuesday episodes are probably going to be closer to a half hour, 45 minutes long. And true crime is a doozy. So yeah, no problem. Yeah, no promises. No promises <laughs> at all. We'll try to aim for an hour. That's all I can say. Yeah. Plus or minus, you know, margin of error. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No promises. Sometimes I fall down a research hole. And sometimes we go on wild, crazy tangents because we yep. have been friends for oh god, how long have we been friends now, Kevin? Oh. Uh, what do, I can okay, I consider the time I drove to your place upset because I needed to be comforted by a friend and immediately thought of you as the time that it's like we were friends at that point, but that's when we became friends. So that was like. 2000. That was 2011. 11? We've been hanging out since 2010. That was late 2011. Oh my gosh. We've been friends for eight, almost. Eight, we're almost old. A decade. We're old. Off tangent. These are the oh. tangents we were talking about. <laughs> I just thought, I just remembered when earlier when you're like, this is why I'm going to start a podcast. And I should have chimed in with. I'm doing this podcast because I'm 30 now, and that's what you do when you're in your 30s. 
you start a podcast and you craft and you collect cats. Yeah. You are almost there. I'm almost there, man. Living on a prayer. I picked up knitting again. You painted You painted me some gorgeous abstract Hogwarts house themed canvas paintings that are now proudly hanging up in my dining room. Those were very fun to paint. They are very fun to look at. Okay. Um tangent, tangent, tangent. These are the tangents we're talking about that are gonna be why we can't make any promises. Back on target though. Back what is it? Back on brand, is that what the kids are saying on these back days? On, what, the, what is the youth saying? Back on brand. Let us eat back on the topic. <laughs> oh, God. Um, anyway, so this being the first episode published on a Tuesday is a cryptid episode. And through somehow we made the decision. Kevin, you are going to be starting. Yes, I am. So floor is yours. You are going to be setting the bar. For the rest of the season, no pressure. Oh, boy. No pressure. No pressure. I said season. I meant series. <laughs> Unless we want to take season hiatuses, but I haven't decided yet. We're new at this. We are. We are, we are new at this. Fifteen recordings in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started then. Uh, this week, uh, for the cryptid theme, um, I went with a... Pretty well-known, but also more recent story. I will be talking about El Chupacabra. <laughs> that will never not be funny. That will never, ever not be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, El Chupacabra. The name is of Spanish origin. Obviously. Um... <laughs> 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 the name is Spanish origin. Duh. No, not it's not French. No. Not German. Spanish. It is. The name is attributed to uh hang on, it's kinda dark in this room. Uh okay, here we go. Silverio Perez, a Puerto Rican comedian who first coined the name while commenting on the nineteen ninety five attacks during a radio broadcast. I mean, he was talking on a radio broadcast. The attacks were not on a radio broadcast. That's That would be very interesting. That would be um, unfortunate. Anyway, uh, it's fairly straightforward. Chupa meaning suck and cabra meaning goat. The suck goat. Yep. Yep, that's pretty much it. Chupa, cabra, goat, sucker. <laughs> Tune in next time. <laughs> Special thanks. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> that's all in the name that's all you need to know <laughs> okay if you want to know more go watch that episode of Dexter's Laboratory <laughs> it is a cryptid notorious for its attack on livestock supposedly feeding on chickens, goats, sheep other farm animals and pets uh, reported sightings come in from all over North and South America uh, most notoriously, the southwestern United States, uh, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. 
Uh, there are two physical descriptions of this creature, a reptilian description and a canid description. So that's my introduction on El Chupacabra. Diving into the history. Uh, the first official reported sighting of El Chupacabra was in March of 1995. What were you doing Good in year. 1995? For 1995, I was in my last year of preschool because I was a four-year-old. Mm. I was in second grade because, well, March of 1995, I still would have been in first grade. Yes. and that, Oh, in that case, I would have been March of 95. I might have, was I three? Hang on. I need to math. <laughs> math break. Um, <laughs> So, let's see, because in March of 92, I would have not been one yet. In March of 93, I would have not been two. Yeah, I would have been three and a half. March of 1995, I just turned seven. Anyway, March 1995 in Puerto Rico. A farmer discovered (laughs) the mutilated bodies of eight of his sheep each of which were apparently drained of their blood, and each of which sported three puncture wounds to the chest, uh, through which the blood had apparently been drained. Sounds like a fun night out. It's just a matter of these... Okay, listen. Listen to me. These goats, or sheep... Sheep. Or whatever... Sheep. These sheep... Sheep. wanted a good time. They were into BDSM. They... But they didn't get the proper education they needed on how to do it safely. Safe words were not employed. And there was a... Things got out of hand. Be safe in the bedroom, people. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Always respect Uh, safe words. (laughs) If you take away nothing else from this podcast. (laughs) About (laughs) goat murder encrypted. (laughs) <laughs> Just know that when you practice your sheep BDSM, no. to have a safe... <laughs> oh my oh, god! Okay. Think I'm going to hell. okay. Oh boy. Anyways, move on. Moving on. Moving on. Back on track. Several months after this event, an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino reported seeing a strange reptilian and alien-like creature through her window in the town of. Canavanas, Puerto Rico, where about 150 farm animals and pets were killed by a mysterious predator. Other witnesses in Canavanas swear to have seen monsters swooping down from the sky. I didn't see anything else about that in any of the sources that I looked at, so I don't know what they were looking at, but Chupacabra was never described as having wings other than in this one instance, so... Maybe they saw bats. They probably saw bats. It was just, it was me. (laughs) I I just shed my human skin. And I needed a midnight snack. And I somehow ended up at four years old in freaking Puerto Rico. And there was a mistranslation. And I wasn't swooping. I was getting down. (laughs) Yeeted right out of the sky. I, I I yeeted straight towards those livestock. (laughs) it wasn't until a few months later in november that a detailed description of the creatures emerged during the night of november 19th 1995 uh farmers awoke to a grisly scene of turkeys rabbits cats dogs cows and horses 
and, of course, goats, dead with no apparent cause beyond the same blood loss and three puncture wounds. In the city of uh, Kaugas, again, I apologize if I mispronounced that terribly. Um, Send us the proper pronunciation to trulyfabulouslymonstrous at gmail.com. I would very much appreciate it. I should have looked this up beforehand. Um, too little, too late. A homeowner was caught off guard when a creature they later described as having huge red eyes and hairy arms broke through the window in a bedroom, shredded their child's stuffed animal toy, and left a puddle of slime and a single piece of rancid meat on the windowsill before vanishing into the night. Listen, listen. I'm listening. It was not... It was leaving the meat there. The meat is special and precious to it, and it felt bad for destroying the teddy bear and traumatizing the kid. So, what is it called? Uh, reparations? Was That's not a word. Yeah, it is. You know what? Oh, okay. <laughs> that is the right word. Good. Go me. It was like, here's reparations. Or reparations, compensation. Yes, just here, this this goes for many liters of goat blood, which give you so much. Well, that was so nice of it. So nice of it. Yeah. So uh, these attacks in 1995 were the first official reported attacks attributed to El Chupacabra. However, (laughs) there were similar... (laughs) There were similar accounts of attacks on animals in the 1970s which were first attributed to a suspected satanic cult, but then later to El Vampire de Mocha, the Vampire of Mocha. The Vampire of Chocolate-Flavored Coffee. <laughs> the best kind of vampire. Um, according to the Chupacabra, en- <laughs> Chupacabra <laughs> entry on the Cryptids Wiki, uh, cryptozoologists date the earliest sightings of Chupacabra to pre-Columbian civilizations such as the Aztec and Mayans. But uh, Cryptids Wiki. That's Cryptids with a Z. <laughs> Only way to spell Cryptids. Alright then. Um, that was the only place I was able to find any mention of pre-Columbian sightings of Chupacabra. Um, so not sure how valid that is. If anyone has sources that can back up that claim, send them to trulyfabulouslymonstrous at gmail.com. I would love to have them. Or if anyone can give us sources to refute that claim, trulyfabulouslymonstrous at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, So ever since these instances uh, in 1995, uh, Chupacabra have repeatedly popped up as responsible for attacks on farm animals across the southwestern United States and Mexico regions. So, um, it's in, it, if you don't know, hey, if you're a farmer and you've got all these livestock and all of a sudden these livestock die and they've got, die like in a gross way, I, I'm just, El Chupacabra, it's, pr- it's a good, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> scapegoat. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me, I'm dying for a second. <laughs> <coughs> Okay. I'm funny. No, yeah. It, did you just say that El Chupacabra is a good scapegoat? Yes. Are you kidding me, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin. I'm hilarious. You know it. Kevin. Yes. Kevin. That is me. 
It, I was choking, so it took me a minute. <laughs> now I'm judging you. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. So, um, before I go on to the physical descriptions of the creatures, um, I want to go back and talk a little bit about uh, the first instances of the livestock that were attacked when I said that they were apparently drained of blood. I want to point yeah, out Yeah, I was wondering why you put apparently. Apparently, yes. None of these um, attacks were ever followed up by a necropsy, which is an autopsy on an animal. So it just kind of looked like they were drained of blood, but there, since there was no necropsy, it really couldn't be confirmed that they were drained of blood. They had just, they had lost a lot of blood. There, there, there was blood and then it seemed like there wasn't as much blood in them. And there actually is a pretty reasonable explanation for why that could be um, pronounced lividity. Well, okay. Yeah. There's another explanation. (laughs) Uh, another explanation could be um, pronounced lividity in a body that is laying, that dies and then lays on the ground. You no longer have like a heartbeat or blood pressure to keep your blood near the surface of your skin. So gravity's going to take over and the blood's going to settle as low as it possibly can and it's going to coagulate and it's going to get thick with three C's. <laughs> and so when like if you see these like livestock you're gonna like try and find out what happened you see these puncture wounds you're gonna like maybe like cut further into the body and there's gonna be no blood coming out you're gonna be like oh my god they have no blood when in reality all the blood has just settled close to the ground in the lowest regions of the body because you no longer have a heartbeat so it would look like they're drained of blood, but they might not be. But like I said, they can neither confirm nor deny because they didn't do a necropsy. <laughs> Fools. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun. Okay, so physical descriptions. Um, there are two primary physical descriptions that get thrown around when talking about chupacabras. The first one is the original description, which is that of a reptile-like creature said to have uh, leathery, scaly, greenish gray skin, sharp spines and quills running down its back, excuse me, just hiccuped, um, approximately three to four feet high, and stands and moves like a kangaroo, so hops around on its hind legs. So again, just me, three in the morning, getting a midnight snack, don't want to bother putting my human skin back on, it's all. All I can picture, I'm going to go back and mention Futurama. There's a later episode when it wasn't made by Fox anymore. I think when it was being produced on Comedy Central. When Fry hatches an alien egg that has this weird reptile alien looking thing that runs around and it sucks the bones out of sheep. (laughs) And it's called a bone vampire. So it's a chupacabra. It's a chupacabra, and that's in, like, the more I read about this, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely what they were going for. It's a bone sucker! (laughs) It was not the greatest episode, but it was still funny. Okay, um, the more recent description of chupacabras are that of having hairless, being completely hairless, or having patchy hair. Uh, having the appearance of burnt or leathery skin, a pronounced spinal ridge, 
unusually pronounced eye sockets, fangs, claws, and they walk on all fours. Me. Me in college. Because of those Me in college drinks. after finals week. Because of those energy drinks. What, what, what was in those energy drinks that you... Uh, well, okay, they were smoothies. They had strawberries and blueberries and V8 fruit juice and okay. uh, a can of Red Bull and two shots of five-hour energy. <laughs> um, so, Liquid Death? They were delicious, Liquid Death, and they let, they let me pull several all-nighters in a row. And, and I think I still have vision damage from them. Heaven. Heaven. <laughs> I was in college and I was stupid. <laughs> See, I just would pull an all-nighter and then pass the F out and miss my 8 a.m. class. I would have loved to have done that, but I did that stupid thing where I was like, I like to wait until the night before things are due until I write them. Until I write them. Which was all well and good before I was an English major and I only had like one or two English papers due. Um, But then when I switched majors, I became an English major and I had like eight papers due on one day. Understandable. Or like they were all due on different days, but they were all due right in a row. So I'm like, oh no, I'm going to pull so many all-nighters in a row. Were you the person I went to college with that wrote their senior thesis, like, overnight? Yes. Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. I got an A on that. Yeah, I, um, I applaud you Thank for you. that. Because my senior thesis, I was like, oh, yeah, I can do this easily, and it took me two years. Well, also, your thesis was, like, a real thesis. Mine was just, like... A capstone seminar and they were like you could either write two papers in this class or one really long paper i'm like is it a thesis they're like kind of but not long enough to be a thesis yeah um, it was still like the, i needed it to graduate though so yeah my department had told me that mine was a thesis and to not have it have it to be between 60 and 100 pages but no more than pages and I went up to him with 163 pages and was like this is as short as it's gonna get and he's like Hattie I hate you <laughs> uh, mine was oh I don't remember I know it was more than 30 but less than 60 not including my annotated bibliography welcome to TFM it does not stand for truly fabulously monstrous it stands for tangents and effing melodic <laughs> okay Okay, so uh, the second description, uh, four legs, uh, burnt leathery skin, patchy hair, fangs, claws, blah, 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 blah. Um, you and, you and <laughs> The sightings of chupacabras that match this description are from the early 2000s and uh, that coincided with, yet again, attacks on uh, farm animals. And unlike the other stories and other cryptid lore um these attacks came with physical evidence of when i say physical evidence i mean bodies and when i say bodies i mean bodies of the creatures doing the attacking so these farmers would be like oh no something's attacking my livestock i'm gonna get my gun texas style you gotta get my gun and bang bang and now they've got this creature that doesn't look 
right. They're like, wow, this is weird looking. It's got passy fur and burnt leathery skin and a weird looking spine and its eyes are all sunken and it's got fangs and claws and somebody send me a scientist. I need to know what this is. <laughs> um, and the scientist proved it was El Chupacabra and we lived all happily ever <laughs> after, right? Uh, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, actually, no. Um, American writer... <laughs> American. <laughs> Are you okay? Yes, I was laughing and it made me cough. Oh, okay. American writer, cool. investigator, and skeptic Benjamin Radford saw these attacks as an opportunity to approach this story as part of his investigation on the history and reality reality of El Chupacabra. In fact, he ended up publishing a book called Tracking the Chupacabra. The Vampire Beast in Fact, Fiction, and Folklore. And uh, when he went along with these scientists to test and examine these bodies, the reality of these new chupacabras, are you ready? Yep. Coyotes, wild dogs, or raccoons that all had been afflicted by saracopic mange. Can you describe saracopic mange? Because... I don't know that word. Maybe it's sarcocopic. Latin. I still don't know that word. Okay. I don't, uh, it, okay, listen. I don't know what mange is. I know that you say <laughs> that a stray dog is mangy, but I don't know what it means. Okay. Um, it's a condition caused by uh, sarcoptic scabi, an itch-inducing mite that burrows into the upper layer of the dermis. So basically, it's a bug that like gets under your skin and makes y'all itchy and so the dogs then will like oh no I'm itchy and they'll start scratching but because they're not going to get at what's scratching all that's going to happen is their hair is going to start falling out they're going to start scratching up their own skin as it keeps itching and they're trying to make the itch go away uh, if it's oh, a wild please. dog or a coyote they might have then have trouble like catching food because they're getting sick basically like these wounds would then probably get infected they're going to lose weight so they're going to be real bony um mange is treatable like if you have like if you're if you rescue a dog that has mange like you can you can bring him to a shelter and you can like you can cure them takes a while but you can cure it but if it's a wild dog or a wild coyote not so much um yeah it's sad so that's what those chupacabras were they were just like wild basically wild like some of them were raccoons like it yeah it's big boys <laughs> big big boy so that's what those chupacabras were like they had they had an answer for that um uh but then that leads the first description the very non-dog-like very reptilian one that the me <laughs> it was hattie case closed um well okay so this distinctly reptilian and alien description in the original 1995 sightings as described by madeline tolentino the first eyewitness uh was also investigated by benjamin radford um and in his book uh tracking the chupacabra vampire beast in fact fiction and folklore um he comes to the conclusion that this description was based on a creature from a 1995 science fiction horror movie called Species. 
the alien in that movie is nearly identical to Tolentino's description of the creature she saw. And she admitted that she had seen this movie before the uh, animal attacks had taken place. Um, There's a quote from her. Uh, This is from an interview with her after the fact where she's talking about the movie that she saw. Uh, It was a creature that looked like the chupacabra with spines on its back and all. The resemblance to the chupacabra was really impressive. And that is a quote from Chupacabras and Other (laughs) Mysteries. A book by Scott Corrales. Radford goes on to reveal that Tolentino was convinced that the creatures that she saw in the movie and... Nope, sorry, there's a cat standing on my notes and I'm reading it wrong. Uh, Tolentino was convinced that the creatures she saw and the events that she saw in the sci-fi movie species were happening in reality in Puerto Rico. Um, Which... um, (sighs) I can kind I kind of see where she's coming from. Like, if you're, you just saw a scary movie. Like you said, like you just saw aliens, and it maybe it's giving you nightmares, and you're not sleeping well, and you're tossing and turning, and then like something's happening outside your window that's just really loud and awful sounding, and you wake up and you're like, oh god, I'm just having a terrible dream, and you stumble to your window and you look out and you see something just go into town on these farm animals and you're like that is awful and it's really dark what am i looking at <laughs> and your brain just and starts to fill yeah. in okay whatever yeah, I understand. yeah. Okay. like no one's no, no one ever denied that she saw something like she definitely saw something they're just denying what she's right um, so, uh, Radford uses, um, this to conclude that the original and most common chupacabra description cannot be trusted, and the credibility of the chupacabra as a real creature becomes seriously undermined. And this is a quote from a BBC Earth article about chupacabras, and this is a quote from Bradford, Radford as he was interviewed for this article. From my perspective, there is absolutely no reason to believe anything that anything out of the ordinary is involved in the attacks on livestock. Instead, the whole story is a perfect storm of scientific misunderstanding, misidentification of animals, media hype, cultural anxiety, and mass hysteria, all potentially resulting from one woman's viewing a film. He sounds a little condescending in in that quote, I think. Yeah. Did I mention he's a professional skeptic? (laughs) So if it all can be explained by reasonable scientific means and the affecting of cultural anxiety and mass hysteria, so why do these stories keep persisting with such an intensity even today? Like, it's kind of like achieved, well, definitely achieved Mothman status of just like, oh, something spooky is happening in Texas. It must be a chupacabra. Ooh. Saw something out of the corner of your eye. It's El Chupacabra or Shia LaBeouf. We don't know. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> On next week's episode. <laughs> okay, so I think um, one of the reasons why it like persists so intensely is that 1995 was right kind of in the beginning, not the beginning of the internet per, uh, itself, but like the beginning of like widespread public access to the internet. So that definitely will play a role in persistence of urban legends. Um, And also, 
like stories just stories grow past the point of accuracy all the time when you pass them from person to person from generation to generation it's like a giant game of telephone like stuff is gonna get skewed stuff is gonna get changed um what's the there's that saying never let the truth get in the way of a good story yeah (laughs) and so in the end it really all comes down to we're humans and humanity one thing humanity really likes is stories like you can analyze stuff and bring forward all this evidence corroborating the reality of a situation and at like at the end of it all humanity is we're humans we like telling stories exchanging and listening to stories from other people so we're going to continue to tell them regardless of the truth behind them if it's a good story we're going to keep telling it very yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so that's el chupacabra well kevin i've got to really say that your story on el chupacabra um no wow you set the bar really really high that was great like I knew about El. Okay, I didn't know about El Chupacabra. I knew about Dexter's Laboratory El Chupacabra, <laughs> but I didn't actually know about it. I did not realize it was that recent. Um, and no, yeah. And now I have That's, to try to. Oh, that makes sense though. That's why they did an episode on it on Dexter's Lab because it was so recent. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, fun to research. I enjoyed. Um, I found more about it than I was expecting to. Well, this has been an adventure, and I hope the listeners have stuck it out. And if not, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, no. If not, I'm not sorry. If you're still listening, I am sorry. <laughs> and I thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. If you stuck it out this far, you <laughs> are troopers, and we very much appreciate it. Definitely. Uh, let's tell them where to find us. Why don't you start? Okay, well, first you get on the parkway and you head south. No, so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Twitter at, uh, at PFABMonsterPod. And by the time this goes up, uh, well, actually, by the time this goes up, we will have at least two tweets because at the time we're recording this, that's how many times I have tweeted. <laughs> yep. At least two, probably more. Yeah, Kevin r- runs and rules over our um, the TFAB Monster Pod Twitter. I'm very good at it. Twitter doesn't scare me at all. Um, I'm lying. I, I, your other co-host, um, I run the Instagram and am the main moderator of our Gmail, which brings me to you should also check us out on Instagram at Truly Fabulously Monstrous. By the time this goes up, we should have at least one post because at the time I'm recording, there are none. And I've made myself promise that I will upload at least one thing. I sent you two pictures of El Chupacabra. Good. They will be posted. Um, yeah. One of them is the Dexter's Lab one. Um, if you would like to email us uh, maybe some critiques maybe some compliments nothing mean because even though we are adults we will cry we break easily I'm so brittle 
Yes, we're very brittle. I'm old and brittle, and I cry a lot. Yes. Um, or if you want to be like, hey, my grandma or my aunt um, saw El Chupacabra, uh, or, or like um, want to tell us about a local lore, like that would be really cool. Like some good old local lores. Like my awesome. my woods are haunted by a jackalope. I'm adding that to the list. Okay. <laughs> One of us will cover it eventually. Yes. But, like, yeah, so um, that's truly fabulously monstrous at gmail.com. And we look forward to interacting with all of you lovely listeners, all three of you, two of which are us. Yes. <laughs> I hold out that It'll one person. I hold out that one person will listen, and that one person will probably be my husband. We might have another one, and it might be my sister once I tell her that we're doing a podcast. Yeah. I should probably clarify that I'm not saying I'm going to marry whoever listens to this podcast, saying that the husband that I married in November will be listening to my podcast. The one that I can very faintly hear in the background. Nope, he's watching a video. You're hearing uh, Game Grumps in the background. I Well, no, we can't marry them. They're already famous. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well then, so that wraps up this episode one. Yep, and again, thank you, and I'm sorry if you've stuck it out this far. Uh, we promise that not only will the quality hopefully get a little bit, I mean, we can't top the story, but the like, the conversation and banter will hopefully get a little better, um, as well as the audio once we figure out how to um, properly do remote podcasting like the audio podcasting on a budget the audio is not going to sound this rough the whole time uh but yeah then we should sign off now uh we uh thank you for listening to this one uh we hope that you listen to the next yep it's uh been fun we'll see you there next time and we hope you will too bye bye